you're entering the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com or wherever you happen to be listening on your favorite podcast app or at relentlessdaring.com slash podcast, or maybe you're on Facebook on the Tyler Morgan show page, checking it out there. Either way, I will take listeners wherever I can get them before I get into tonight's amazing, amazing, just absolutely awesome topics. I got to talk to you about one of my favorite topics, something coffee flavored. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about American Fried roasters. I know you're always uh, hearing about coffee. Their coffee's so good. Their coffee's so amazing. I, 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 I can't help but talk about their coffee because it is, in fact, so good. But let me tell you something. Quote Fire Marshal Bill. Maybe you're wanting something that's not coffee. I know, I know, it seems a little sacrilegious, this guy talking about something that's not coffee. Well, let me tell you about their coffee drops. These are an amazing snack. You can munch on them, take them, have them with you on the go. Great coffee-flavored, amazing goodness. Like I said, they do so many amazing things. They've got the coffee drops. Uh, You can get the, uh, you know, you can get your whole beans and you can grind them how you want them maybe you like your beans at a certain grind because maybe, you know, the way they grind is a little too fine or maybe just a little too coarse for you, but you had that perfect spot because you are the perfectionist. Guess what? You can get whole bean coffee and grind it exactly the way you want it. Or you're lazy like me is go, yeah, you know what? Just a medium roast is perfect for my bun coffee maker. You can get so many good flavors. Right now, I'm still working again on the Frederick Douglass, an absolute amazing blend of coffee. Check them out, American Pride Roasters, at checkout. And the special instructions, tell them that you heard about through the Tyler Morgan Show. That is American Pride Roasters, APRCoffee.com. Historically, great coffee. All right, so getting into it, I've got to talk about our Canadian friends up north. More specifically, I have to talk about my fellow truck driving brethren up north and the amazing work they've been doing for the last three weeks to take on the fight of tyranny. All because Oh, well, we're going to enact these measures that, yeah, if you're not vaccinated, you have to come off the road and stay at this quarantine center for 10 days before you can go back, go back to work. And these are guys who, generally speaking, have very little interaction with anyone when they arrive at a shipper. They might uh, walk into an office grab their bills, sign in, 
or sign for their bills and leave. That's it. They don't hang out. If they're getting loaded, they don't wait on the docks because generally that's considered unsafe. And, you know, most shippers are not going to let someone who's getting a live load stand there and watch and try not to get run over. I, I know because I used to drive a semi. There were places where the likelihood of me being injured in, during loading was very, very small, but they still made me get out of the cab of the truck and go sit somewhere away from the truck. So, I mean, and there wasn't a whole lot of people there. So what these guys are interacting with is essentially incredibly minimal. And the fact that they would have to get held up for 10 days just to make sure you didn't have anything is kind of a, it's a dig on them and a dig on their ability to do their job. So when it came down that the uh, Trudeau administration was not going to back down from this, they said they gathered 50,000 of their closest friends and they went to Ottawa. I know what you're thinking. 50,000 truckers, family members, friends, non-truckers, all gathered around this relatively small area in Ottawa. It's got to be a place of horrible violence, mayhem, destruction. Because you know, we, we've seen all these truck driving movies. We've watched. We've watched Smokey and the Bandit. We watched Convoy. We know what them truckers is like. They're up to no good. Well, okay, you did have some, have a few knuckleheads, but hey, knuckleheads is gonna knucklehead. It's what they do. But when it came to the protests as a whole, out, like I said, outside of a handful of people being dumb, a handful of people that upon being dumb were chastised by their fellow protesters and run off. I mean, ah, oh, they're honking their horns all night. We can't sleep. And their judges their judges in Canada, they put an injunction against the overnight honking. And guess what? This is going to come as a shock to most of you. The truck driver said, okay, yeah, we can do that. We can handle not honking all night long, early in the mornings, in the evenings when people are trying to enjoy their meals, because, you know, we wouldn't want people doing that either. They would do these horribly, horribly violent things like playing Connect Four. Huh. Insane. Insanity. They're playing Connect Four in the street. This is the kind of violence these people have wrought. You know what they did? They got empty, empty steel drums. And they would build fires in the steel drums to stay warm. Oh, my God. So violent. 
I mean, it got to the point where police were like, okay, if you're bringing fuel to the trucks, we're going we're going to stop you. And so they would stop people bringing fuel cans to the trucks. So then guess what happened? And an amazing act of solidarity, people would just mob the streets with fuel cans. Some were full. Some were empty. All of them were there to make a point. We support our truckers. However, you know, communists of the world live for you workers of the world unite. Well, this just goes to show workers of the world unite is only a favorable thing when the workers of the world unite for the right reasons. Oh, are you a worker of the world who wants to overthrow the bourgeoisie? Unite today. Are you a worker of the world who believes that you are being taken advantage of by the government and you want to destroy that government and install a new one that takes care of you first? Unite today. Are you a worker of the world? Do you believe that the government is keeping you down? Do you believe that you should have the autonomy to decide over a vaccination? Do you believe that despite your border traveling, border crossing ways that you're inherently safe? As that way, you should not have to not make a living for 10 days while you sit in quarantine away from your family. Well, yeah, we don't want you uniting. Go away. That's what it's coming down to. And it's sad and depressing that you know a communist loving dictator oh did I say dictator out loud? Hmm. Yeah, I stand by it. A communist loving dictator like Justin Trudeau, a man who eulogized Fidel Castro. A man who has loved Fidel Castro, a man who, based upon certain structures of the face, cheekbones, chin, eyes, nose, even with a kind of a bushy, scraggly beard, looks a lot like Fidel Castro. Now, I'm not going to go on the whole uh, conspiracy theory that, you know, Pierre Trudeau, his father, was married to a notorious slut. I mean, swinger, swinger, I'm sorry, a person who enjoys alternate sexual lifestyles involving other people outside of marriage. I don't want to sound like I am slut shaming, even though she is rumored to have attended parties in Havana with Fidel, even though she's rumored to have slept her way through the entire Rolling Stones lineup in a weekend. I don't want to pass any judgment on her because passing judgment on a dead woman would be wrong. 
And here at the Tyler Morgan Show, we strive not to be wrong. But the whole idea that Justin Trudeau can come in and unilaterally act and with the Emergencies Act. All right, here's what we're going to do. If you're participating in this protest, we are going to freeze out. We're going to freeze your bank account. If you are a person donating and you're Canadian, we are going to freeze your bank account. We are going to do everything in our power to starve you out because you cannot afford to buy food because you have no access to cash. You have no access to people giving you money. Aside from pulling out cash and bringing it to you. We are going to take pictures of your license plates and we're going to send them to the province it's registered in and we're going to we're going to nullify the your license plate. We're going to invalidate it. We're going to find out who that truck is licensed to, who is driving that truck, and we are going to cancel your driver's license. <clears throat> Pardon me. We're going to cancel your insurance. We are going to make it nigh impossible to be able to function in society. Huh, boy, does that sound familiar. Lady Die jumping into the live chat. How are you, Lady Die? Haven't seen you in a month of Sundays. Glad to have you here. Woo, it has been crazy. Um, anywho's. Yeah, so they're trying to starve these truckers out. They're trying to do everything they can because what? They are such a huge national security threat. They're extremists. I mean, a lot of these guys who are protesting, they're vaccinated. They would not be harmed one way, shape, or form with with this mandate. But the fact of the matter is, there's a point where it comes, okay, I've got the shot, but you're going to do this to these people who don't? Oh, hell no. Where you stand up and you stand with those people who are going to be harmed. And that's what the majority of these people are. Um, in Alberta, near one of the... Uh, border crossings with Montana when they sent cops to start dragging guys out of their trucks. It wasn't truckers who stood up. It was the people in that town. Like, oh, you're going to drag people out of trucks. Okay. I got you. And they made a human wall to keep cops out of those trucks. These are the real patriots in Canada. Those people who go, you know, yeah, our charter of liberties. Yeah, it's only 40 years old. But there's no reason it should be trampled on like it never existed. And so they're fighting for what is right. 
And then what happened early yesterday, earlier today, um, amongst all the protesters, the cops had a massive police line. And you know, they were confronting peaceful protesters. There's a hundred different camera angles from this protest, including of a 70-year-old woman who was out there saying, yeah, I'm vaccinated, but I'm standing up for my children so that they don't have tyranny forced on them. I'm standing up for my grandchildren so they don't have tyranny forced on them. And what happens? Ottawa Mounted Police just rode right into the crowd. Knocking down and trampling a number of people, including the 70-year-old woman. She was with a walker. And the Ottawa police on Twitter, everyone who was knocked down and had the horses ride over them, they got up and they walked away. They were fine. And just so you know, some asshole threw a some asshole threw a bike further down the line and hit one of the horses. The horse tripped, but it, he, the horse is fine. Uh, no, the only thing that was thrown at the horse was a walker. It was the old lady's walker. And the reason it went flying was because you assholes ran her over with a horse. Now, I don't have an issue if the crowd is violent. If the crowd, forget shouting insults at the cops. I mean, they're launching Molotov cocktails, rocks, beer bottles, two by fours. They're trying to do bodily harm to the police. If you ride the horses into that crowd to disperse it, I'm fine with that. These people have incurred the violence that is being visited upon them because they initiated it. But when they're innocent protesters, I don't care if it's a BLM rally. If it's a BLM rally and they're not doing anything wrong and you ride ride horses into the middle of it, I'm sorry, I'm not going to I'm not going to stand behind any thin blue line. If that's what the thin blue line is going to do. It's absolutely appalling and you know, in the first line of the about on this for the live show it says a Canadian holodomor. And I spelled it wrong. Don't judge me. Now, I am not going to say Justin Trudeau is trying to starve millions and millions of Canadians to death. Not doing that. However, I am drawing similarities between what Stalin did to the Ukrainians. You see, in the 1930s, when Stalin was coming into power after uh, 
Lennon had a stroke and was no longer able to function. They had a problem. They had a problem in the southwest part of the empire. Namely with Ukraine. See, Ukraine is a breadbasket. Lots of agriculture happens there. However, there was a famine that was starting in Russia. And the state went to Ukraine, or the Soviet Union went to Ukraine. One of their satellites said, you're going to grow more grain. And here's how you're going to do it so it can grow faster, make more grain. Because we're smart, we're scientists, this is what we do. Completely ignoring the farmers. Well, the farmers knew exactly what was going to happen. There was going the the grain, the actual plants weren't going to grow very well. They weren't going to make near as much grain because they were playing it way too shallow. And then they're like, uh, we need to save some back for ourselves. So they started doing that. And then the Soviet Union came in and said, oh, no, 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 no. We're taking everything. And they forced them to starve to death because every bit of grain that grew, it went to Moscow. Like I said, I'm not saying Trudeau is trying to kill millions of Canadians. I'm just making comparisons. When Ukraine was pushing back against Stalin, Stalin took from them the fuel that they needed to sustain their pushback. He took their food. That's very similar to Trudeau and the Minister of Finance coming in and freezing out people who are trying to trying to function, trying to get by. You freeze the bank accounts and the credit cards of truck drivers. They can't get food. You take their licenses so they can't work. You create a blacklist. And then you add on top of it millions, hundreds of thousands, I'm not going to say millions, I don't know what the number is, but at least hundreds of thousands of individual donors giving 10, 15, 20, $25 through Gives and Go to have, have a hacker break into Gifts and Go, get the donor list, and dox them. No, it's it's one thing if a hacker does this and makes the information publicly available when they shouldn't. But imagine being so emboldened because if you trust uh if you trust this guy, I'm not even gonna say his name because I don't want to give him any more attention than he's already gotten because he's a worthless piece of garbage. You're You do a video 
bragging. It was me. I hacked Gibson Go. I'm not just some hacker. I'm notorious. I work for the government. Ooh, wait. What? So you have a guy who has been employed by by states before to run hacking ops, screaming and bragging about it. You have moose knuckles on Twitter. It's like, well, if I put the actual names up here on Twitter, they'll cancel my account. But if on my personal web page, I write a story that has a link to the list of names in the story. And then I just link to the story on my Twitter. I can get around it. There's a several, there are several people that, you know, that's how they were. That's how they were doing it. That's how, that's how we get around the doxing rules. We don't put it directly on here. I reported it anyways. I get, I get email back from Twitter. Ah, uh, this account was not found to be in violation of our community standards. Okay, but the Washington Post couldn't publish a story on Twitter about Hunter Biden's laptop because of concerns it was hacked materials, but you're going to let people link to stories that have the links to the hacked materials from Gibson Go? See, this is where a lot of people um, seem to figure out where fascism, they seem to fail at recognizing fascism. We have a new word for fascism these days. We call it corporatism. When government and big business are so far into each other's pockets, you cannot tell where one stops and the other begins. So you have people talking, you know, from public spaces like, I don't know, Anthony Fauci or Donald, or yeah, well, if Donald Trump was doing it, he'd be equally wrong. Um, Joe Biden talking about how these, these people, these people, the social media companies, they need to do a better job censoring. They need to do a better job. And you know, they kind of hint that kind of veiled threat of, or else. But hey, they've got the same political bent as the moderators over there at Twitter and Facebook. So really, they have no issues with doing it because it's all in the name of the greater good. We have to stop misinformation for the greater good. We have to stop talking about these truckers for the greater good. The greater good is possibly the most insidious, disgusting, god-awful 
reason of how any of this big state control of our lives gets through because, well, we don't want to hurt. We don't want to hurt everybody. Oh my goodness. We just, we just want to do what's right. Unfortunately, there's a point where doing things for the greater good because they benefit your neighbors, they benefit your community. It goes from being a choice. If I choose to get the vaccine or to wear a mask because I think I am doing what's best for the greater good because of the social contract I have with those around me, that's fine. I won't begrudge anyone who acts selflessly of their own volition. The problem lies when it is not the choice, when the choice is taken from you because, you know, we have to foist this on you because of the greater good. And Canada is seeing what happens when you push people too far. Uh, and all these, all these lockdowns are, oh, we're worried about COVID, worried about COVID. Well, Here's the thing. In a nation of 38 million people, they're down to 8,000 new cases a day. An 80% drop over the last month. So really, if their numbers are Getting that low? Why is the whole idea of forcing these mandates on truckers even a thing? Because we're following the science, right? I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through. So they have some of the best flavors, cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz. Keto made easy. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. 
All right, back into it. Hey, I just want to say something, a little addendum to the uh, keto chow commercial. I kind of have to update it. I know I'm totally, totally behind all that. But if you if you really want to check out keto chow, and yeah, I, I get it. It's it's pricey because they like said we buy it, we know what the cost is. But hey, I'm looking out for you because you use the promo code Relentless at checkout over at ketochow.xyz. I can save you 10% off your first order. So if you're looking at uh, trying something different to help lose weight, kind of, you know, get a little bit better health going on with the new year. Absolutely. Check it out. Flavor is amazing. Get the chocolate or the peanut butter chocolate and the banana mix it together. Get the Elvis shake. Oh my God. So good. Check it out. It's absolutely great. So getting it back into the thick of things, getting out of Canada. Cause you know, it's too cold there. Uh, look at a little something that happened in Louisville earlier this week. I know what you're thinking. Wait, where's Louisville? Never heard of that town before. Some of you might know it as Louisville, weirdos, or Louisville. Fairly common, but yes, yeah, that, that city there in northern Kentucky, there on the Ohio River home of the Kentucky Derby and mint juleps. But anyway, however you say it, it's probably going to be considered a correct. Um, earlier this week, there was an attempted assassination of a mayoral candidate. Um, but here's the crazy thing. Not a lot of people want to talk about it other than to say, well, what happened? Huh, that seems a little odd. A Jewish target, a BLM suspect in Louisville assassination attempt. Is media evading potential hate motive? Now, that's where it gets a little interesting. Uh, the attempted assassination of a mayoral candidate in Louisville, Kentucky this week has shed new light on concern among some Jewish leaders that too many voices with large platforms are ignoring, downplaying, and obfuscating anti-Semitism in America. Uh, Craig Greenberg, a Democratic hopeful in Louisville's mayoral race, was in his campaign office on Monday morning when a man walked in, pulled out a gun, and began shooting, according to local police and Greenberg himself. Five people were in the room. Uh, no one was hit, miraculously. Um, you know, Greenberg had the uh, Stonewall Jackson moment where he had a bullet that grazed his sweater but didn't actually hit him. Whew. Uh, well, when we greeted him, he pulled out a gun, aimed directly at me, and began shooting. The individual close to the door managed to bravely get the door closed, which we barricaded, and then the shooter fled the scene. And that was from Greenberg at a news conference. Uh, minutes later, Quintez Brown, 21, was arrested for, shooting a half arrested for the shooting a half mile from the scene, appeared in court on Tuesday, pleaded not guilty to a charge of attempted murder and four counts of wanton endangerment. Attempted murder is a felony punishable by 10 to 20 years in prison. Now, I remember when this first happened, people pointing out, oh, he's BLM, BLM, BLM. 
on Twitter, it was amazing how quickly the whole BLM, oh, he wasn't with BLM, that's, that's crazy talk. Except when he was on Joy Reed's program and was pro-BLM, pro-gun control. Let that irony sink in. Guns bad, MK. Four years later. And gun crime. So anyways, Brown's been active in BLM and launched a campaign for a seat on the Louisville Metro Council. Police not yet identified a motive for the shooting, but one motivation is considered anti-Semitism. Louisville Metro Police Chief Erica Shields told reporters, Mr. Greenberg is Jewish, so there's that. We don't know if it's tied to the candidates or is political or if we are dealing with someone with mental issues or is venomous. We're looking at this from all angles, which, okay. There is something that can be said about his mental health. He, you know, goes on the article, this article to say that he kind of fell off the grid for 11 days last year. But then again, he could have just gone on an extended vacation. Not necessarily, you know, not just been a a psychotic break for a week and a half. But uh, last week, Brown, who was African-American, appeared to push his followers on social media to join the Lion of Judah Armed Forces, a group that espouses anti-Semitic ideology similar to that of the Black Hebrew Israelite movement, something that he has also expressed interest in. Which, uh, if you don't know what the Black Hebrew Israelite movement is, that is uh, basically a bunch of people saying, uh, black people are the real are the real chosen ones of God. We need to run the Zionists out of Israel. We need to take it over. Okay. All right. So, uh, you do. Followers of the Black Hebrew Israelite movement murdered four Jews at a kosher market in Jersey City, New Jersey, in December 2019, and planned further attacks against the Jewish community before they were killed by police, according to authorities. So this is a thing that's been rising lately on the political left of all things. Huh. Weird how that happens. Uh, Brown's recent social media posts indicate a growing interest in black nationalist and pan-Africanist leaders, including Stokely Carmichael, who was one, who is quoted as saying the only good Zionist is a dead Zionist. Uh, Brown wrote on his Twitter profile, quote, we have one scientific and correct solution. Pan-Africanism. The total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. It's weird how leftists just love to throw that word and think that it's actually going to do something, even though they can look at history over and over and over and over and over again and see yeah, this whole push to um, this whole push to have all the crazy people, you know, run out of here, and you know, we're going to take over, and we're we're going to we're going to 
socialize everything. And then we're going to eventually have no government and we're going to be going to live in, live in a community, man. We're going to be, we're going to be communists. We'll get rid of everything that divides us, man. That's like the hippies want us to, bro. It, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Several outlets are quick to point out point to mental illness as a possible reason for the shooting. Attorney Rob Eggert, who was retained by Brown's father and stepmother, said Tuesday Brown is mentally ill and needs treatment, not prison. Brown mysteriously went missing for 11 days last summer, leading to questions by those close to him about his mental and emotional state. Again, disappearing for a week and a half when you're an adult, it's possible he just went on vacation and tell anyone where he was going. Other than maybe, hey, can you come feed the cat, water the plants, take my mail in so it doesn't fill up the mailbox. And those are all Perfectly logical explanations. Now, but other people are quick to jump on here. Is uh, I don't know. This is from uh, Zach Shapira, founder and president of the Jacques Coalition for Justice, an organization dedicated to combating anti-Semitism. I don't know if Quintez Brown is anti-Semitic or if that motivated this particular attack. I don't know if Quintez Brown suffers from a mental illness, but I do know we have, a, have at least as much evidence to attribute the shooting to hatred as we do to mental health. And yet the media almost unanimously reported that on his alleged mental instability while downplaying or completely obfuscating the possible connection to anti-Semitism. Why is that? And honestly, yeah, maybe... Maybe there there is a factor that his mental illness, if he does in fact have mental illness, play, you know, maybe there's a role that it played. Perhaps he was delusional and he ha- and in his delusion he was acting on deep-seated hatred for Jewish people. And here's a guy who's in the same party as me running on the same side of the aisle as me, but by God, he's a Jew and he's dangerous. Got to do something about it. But like I said, I don't know. That is a, those are things that are valuations meant to be made by anyone other than me. But don't worry. He is out on the streets because a BLM-linked charity. They fronted the hundred grand for him to post bail. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second. I'm going to point point out a few things here. Stick with me. This is going to leave you scratching your noodle, or maybe you think I'm just dumb. Just follow with me. If you are on the left and you are fighting for the right reasons, and you end up in jail for the right reasons, there is nothing wrong with crowdfunding and paying your bail. We saw efforts through 2020 with all the George Floyd rioting 
to raise money to bail out rioters. Hell, our own vice, future vice president, Kamala Harris, contributed and pushed people to donate to these funds. But if you are perceived as being right wing and you kill three people in an obvious self-defense shooting. I'm sorry, kill three. Kill two, wound one in a self-defense shooting. You don't get $100,000 bail. No, 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 no. You get $2 million bail because you're 17 and your home is across the state line, 20, 20 minutes from where the shooting happened. And, oh, Give, Send, Go is raising money to help with your legal bills? No, we're going to put the kibosh on that because it doesn't meet our political smell test. One of those things. But it's all well and good because BLM, they're in some hot water with uh, Amazon. Wait. How is BLM in hot water with Amazon? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Um, Amazon suspends Black Lives Matter from its charity platform. And this is coming from the New York Post. Keep in mind, yes, the New York Post does tend to spotlight a lot of right-leaning stories, but I think they just spotlight the news. They spotlight the news as their founder, Alexander Hamilton, would have wanted people to do. Anyways, the beleaguered Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation has been kicked off Amazon's charity platform for its failure to disclose where tens of millions of dollars in donations it received nearly two years ago have ended up. I I I I don't want to say in properties owned by Patrice Cullors because that would be wrong and possibly misinformation or because I don't know any truth of it. It could come across as malinformation. And uh, the last thing I need is DHS being sniffing around my butt for saying things on, you know, a podcast. Amazon smile, which gives a portion of eligible purchases on the online shopping site to charities said it, quote, had to temporarily suspend the group today, an Amazon spokesperson told the Post. Quote, states have rules for nonprofits and organizations participating in Amazon Smile need to meet those rules. Unfortunately, this organization fell out of compliance with the rules in several states, so we've had to temporarily suspend them from the program until they come into compliance. Basically. Yeah, come clean about where you spent this money. Doc Thompson, rule number three. Amazon plans to hold any funds that have accumulated for BLMGNF until they're back in compliance, the spokesperson said. Amazon has raised more than $300 million for charities, according to its website. In October 2020, BLMGNF EIEIO took in more than $65 million in donations from Thousand Currents, a charity that manages assets of grassroots nonprofits, according to documents filed with California Attorney General. 
but the group has so far failed to disclose what it did with the cash. As a result, several states have revoked its ability to collect donations. In California, where the group is based, the state's Department of Justice warned BLMGNFEIEIO's leaders earlier this month that they would be personally liable for any delinquency, fees, and fines. On February 11th, BLMGNF released its long-overdue federal tax filing, but also changed its accounting period from a calendar year to a fiscal year. Oh! That way we can hide things that may have happened before the start of a fiscal year. The filing shows no contributions or grants during January to June reporting period, and the group likely has another year to file its return for the remainder of 2020. Emails and calls were not returned. Because it's a front. It always has been a front. And whenever these people get get called out on the carpet, they always seem to just scatter like roaches. They hide. They they do everything in their power to not get caught or to hide. And don't get me wrong. Uh, Donald Trump is going through some issues with his business practices in New York right now. Now, I think a lot of this is just politically motivated, you know, brouhaha. Which, there's a strong likelihood it is. But at the same time, if it exposes things that Trump was doing that, that were illegal, I mean... You know, he's not above the law. You know, it is what it is. So, I don't know. See what happens there. I, I'm I'm kind of burned out on Donald Trump. 2015, 2016, I was worried that he was going to be the uber fascist that apparently the left all thought he was especially when he was so fascist that he was telling states to act within the 10th Amendment and develop their own COVID responses instead of taking over everything. God, that's the most dictatorial thing I've ever seen. All right. All right, governors, listen up. I want you to follow the Constitution and come up with your own Plan. It'll be tremendous, tremendous. We're going to beat back this China virus, China. By you, the governors, taking care of it and coming up with plans that'll be effective and hopefully not destroy the economy. Okay. Tremendous, tremendous. Well, I said, I burned out on him. I think there's a lot of people who would support him if he had the nomination. I don't know if I'll support him or not. I did not support him in 2016. I supported him in 2020. He he spent four years changing my mind on him. 
But that four years, there was, I could still see the toxicity building up. And I just, I would rather have a, I'd rather have a Ron DeSantis. Someone who's willing to go toe to toe with the media, go to toe, go toe to toe with the press, go toe to toe with political opposition. But be likable while he does it. That's what I would like to see. Now, it's still early in the election cycle. We're still in the we're still in the midterm. We still have Congress and Senate coming up. But fact of the matter is, I think we're better off not having Donald Trump. That's just my opinion. And opinions are like assholes. They all got them. They all stink. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Um, Again, thank you so much for listening. If you were listening live, awesome. Glad you were here in the live chat. Even though Lady dies yelling at me, telling me I'm wrong, it's uh, whatever. Like I said, we got, we're all entitled to our opinions. Some of it, some of our opinions are more right than others, and that's just all a matter of perspective. But um, again, I can't do this without you guys listening. Um, if you want to support the show. If you go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan show, that is ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan show. There you can buy me a cup of coffee, two, three bucks, send it my way. You know, and it'll go into, um, you know, it goes into making the show better. It buys equipment, keeps all the bills paid, all that. Believe me. No one goes into podcasting, especially if they're completely independent, to make money. If you're going into this to make money and you're completely independent, you dumb. But I said all that goes into keeping the overhead taken care of, and it's all all great. Um, also, I have a Venmo set up. If you want to Venmo me some money, I will put my Venmo uh, my Venmo username in the uh, show notes on this. Now on it's uh at RDMP84 Relentless Daring Media Production 84 RDMP84. Again, that money just comes in to, comes in here. So you Venmo me, you can PayPal me. Uh still have the PayPal link at the top of the uh relentlessdaring.com. Or maybe you want to buy some merch. I'm I'm so far behind on merch. I have been so stinking busy with so many things, but still. You can get all the Relentless Daring merch, Whiskey Pod merch there. Check it out, relentlessdaring.com slash shop. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a Relentless Daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or RelentlessDaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from PurplePlanet.com. Link in the show notes. Second Timothy 
1-7.